if you're cooped up in a big can, boys got to have some release, man. We do know what Six was doing when she wasn't with Baltar. She was snapping kids' necks. Welcome to the Galactica Quorum. This is episode number 10. I am Brian, and wait a minute. We have a new Galactica Quorum member here? Who is this? Haha, <laughs> funny. No, we don't. Stop making fun of my hair. We're not making fun of it. It's just the talk of the office. Yeah, apparently. It is? It is. You didn't Dude. notice? Brian said, do you see, have you seen the new hot employee? And I'm like, no. And he goes, yeah, the tall chick with the brown hair. And I was like, huh? Oh, Michelle, yeah, sure. The web team came Extended over and they're numbers. like, oh, I just had to come over and check it out. I heard. I'm like, what do you mean you heard? Apparently it's going around the office. So anyways, those fans who want to know, I cut all my hair off. It went from being 12 inches long to now being two inches long. I donated it to Locks of Love, and then I dyed it brown. So I'm no longer blonde, and I'm no longer six. <laughs> you could be Gina Six, though. Yeah. I, I th- more like uh, That's two Leoban. Leoban. <laughs> it's not t- two inches from where are you measuring? Well, the it's bottom like... bottom of your ear? Back here is about two inches. Maybe okay. three or four. Okay, whatever. From I the nape of the neck to the end I of the do hair. Think the but mo- either way... I think the mullet was a bad idea, though. <laughs> I had to cut ten inches off to donate it, so that's what I did. We're already sidetracked. So, round of introductions one more time. I'm Brian and... Michelle. I'm Dimitri. Jason. On this episode, we're going to discuss... Well, we don't have an episode to discuss. The Super Bowl. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great episode, right? Yeah, it's fabulous. Let's see. We don't have an episode to discuss, so we're going to dip into our mailbag. We have some... We had some good submissions, so we're going to look into those, and we have some theories and some other things to talk about. Before we do get started, I should give out our email address. It's gquorum at gmail.com. That goofy word is spelled G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. And we have a voicemail, 206-2020-BSG. Our website is galacticacorum.com, Galactica and Quorum. Again, Q-U-O-R-U-M. We have updated our website. So we have forums now. We have a frapper map. We're really getting big time. What's a frapper map? (laughs) Fans can go in and they can mark, you know, where they're located and we can see where our fans are located at. That's basically all it is. Yeah. Great. We're going to we're gonna start stalking people. <laughs> and we're really hoping we get a little pin from Vancouver or Los Angeles. But we do actually have some over. There was one in Brussels and there's one in Finland and there's one in France. We should totally do a world tour. <laughs> we should. <laughs> we're going to do a we live, come crash a live your podcast house. from the Netherlands. That would be cool. I'd be up for that. All right, let's... Uh, a sponsor. Yeah. You can't leave the country now until you get a new ID. Uh, yeah, that's true. So let's start with our email. First up, we have um, one from Leon. Dimitri, do you want to read it? Because you have no. nothing to read, sweetie. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> I thought we discussed this before talking. So Leon writes, who would win, Enterprise or Galactica? P.S. Any Enterprise you guys pick. Ah, the classic who would win yeah. scenario. Not, not I recall every- back... Early 90s, Usenet posts about who would win, the Star Destroyer versus the Enterprise. My take is any Enterprise from 1701, Kirk, you know, the very first one on, would just lay waste to the Galactica or any ship, really, because they have this ridiculous science that allows them to warp around, firing their phasers. They have feet. While that, they're in warp. While they're in warp, exactly. Yeah. They can fire these torpedoes. They've got shields. They've got all this stuff. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. And the updated Battlestar Galactica is actually less capable than the one from the original series. Right, because they had lasers. You're saying anyone from Kirk, but remember, you've also got the new one that everybody ignored from the very original Enterprise. Which is why now. I'm ignoring it, right? Okay. 
if you're talking energy-based weapons and shields versus metal, the energy-based stuff is going to win. Yeah. Now, there was an okay, now addition to that, too. He said, for all you SG-1 and Atlantis lovers, Stargate, that is, which one, the Daedalus or Galactica? And I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to go with the Daedalus on this one. <laughs> it's got all that gold technology and the Asgard technology, and yeah, I'm going to go with that one. Galactica to, can't stand up. I have to defer. I'm not really familiar with it. I'll, I'll agree, I guess, uh, just because of the technology. But the battle will last a lot longer than it would against the Enterprise. I'll agree with Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so Demetri and I are the major geeks in the room. Now, if you really want to get geeky and old school, I think the one I'd like to see would be the Battlestar Galactica against the Yamato from Star Blazers. I think that's more of an equal battle. I don't know what that is. I don't either. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put a forum up on our message board so people can come in and chat it out, discuss it, tell us what you think. Hey, if you want a different take, I'm just thinking, if you want a different, instead of like the whole Galactica versus Enterprise, how about who would win in a fight? Six or Nikki Jessica? Hmm. Nikki Jessica. Ooh, I think I just hit geek overload with a couple people. <laughs> My brain is going to explode. That collective. Hmm. Well, Nikki Jessica, well, that's two people really, right? So. Yeah. I think yeah, but, she would win. They. But Jessica's a wimp. Or is it Nikki that's the wimp? Oh, I can't Jess- remember. Nikki's, Nikki's the Nikki, wimp. Nikki's the Nikki's wimp. Okay. Plus, Plus, Jessica would hit, uh, Six would hit Jessica. Jessica would fall, convert into Nikki. She'd whimper. Six would come over and, like, you know, get close to go for the kill. And then Jessica would come back and snap her neck and it'd be over. The only thing there <laughs> and is... And a day later, Six would be back. Six would be back. But in the war, uh, Six might end up killing Jessica and Nikki. But in a single battle, Jessica and Nikki would kill Six. Next email. All right, we're moving on to Ed's email. Uh, let's see. Regarding the lack of space in the hangar, which we were talking about putting the bar in the hangar and how there was no room. He says, I think there is probably enough room when you assume that the starboard flight pod is now operational, which I guess was the, uh, it was the museum. Gift shop. Yeah. yeah, the gift shop museum. I've noticed that the glass window covering the front entrance is now missing in certain camera shots of the ship. I haven't noticed that. Uh, I haven't looked that hard. Well, I haven't looked either. <laughs> I but the it. problem is those pods on the side are not the hangar. They're the landing portions. They're where, they're, they're where the ships land. And the actual hangar, I believe, is inside you know the belly of the ship. They turned one of the hangars into a museum or something because that's where Starbucks got the uh, Vipers from. So I think now that's Right, they had the old school again. Cylon. Right, so maybe they got rid of the museum and they converted that into a, those, a club those those pods are enormous they have room for a bar yeah no, no. And, 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 if, and he's right that's right if you there's shots now where both landing holes are both lit up now i guess when the uh when the book comes out for that role-playing game it's hopefully going to have diagrams of the ship and everything that'll provide some that'd be cool yeah i'd buy it for the diagrams see not for the game itself all right <laughs> all right moving on Assuming that Cylons have only been around for 50 years or so, can we assume that skin jobs have only evolved within the last 5 to 10 years? If so, then these characters, who have long confirmed history, cannot be Cylons. Like Admiral Nama, Ty, Rosalind, Lee, and even Tom Zarek, remember he was a political prisoner for years and years. My guess is that it's Gaeta. Deanna did interact with him on New Caprica, which explains why she recognized him. We got another email from Jesse who agrees with Ed and says, My theory that Gaeta is a Cylon comes from the fact that 
In Flight of the Phoenix, in season two, the first time Gaeta has had any contact with Sharon, he used her name without any hesitation. And in season three, seemed perfectly fine around the other Cylons and had more of a problem with Baltar. I completely agree. I still think it's Gaeta. I don't think the whole Sharon thing's a, th- a, a clue, though, because I don't get the impression that that is the Sharon model. I think Sharon was just the identity that one assumed. And who's to say Gaeta knew that? I mean, wouldn't it like I think they're all rage? going by that name. You think? I think that they're all going by the Sharon. I mean, because Sharon Boomer is going by Sharon. Sharon Athena is going by Sharon. That's just because they were both intro- that's how they were introduced to the Galactica crew. I like the theory that it couldn't be anybody old, though Ty as a Cylon would be like, would be epic too. But I don't know if I'm on board with the whole Gata thing. I just think it'd be Gata because, like I said before, he's too smart for his own good and he's been there in everything. He's in a perfect position to be a Cylon on the Galactica ship. And he was in a perfect position when they were on New Caprica because he was Baltar's assistant. Now, whether he's a self-aware Cylon, like whether he's... A sleeper agent, I don't know. This brings up one of the things we had talked about before me and Dimitri were speculating about. Do the Cylons age at all? You were saying you didn't think they age, like they were locked in place. Like Sharon's always going to be the 25-year-old hottie that she is, and Cavill's going to always be the curmudgeon old dude. Well, the reason I don't think they age is because when they come out of a resurrection, they are the same age that they were when they died. I just don't think that they age for that reason alone i just think that they come out of that gooey cocoon a 25 year old hottie and then forever they're gonna be 25 year old hottie it's just a theory but since they're not humans and they're they're produced you know i don't know if they grow old it doesn't seem like the machine way it would be weird to design something that would age like that why design something that's better than humans and then give it the basic human flaw right that would definitely eliminate a Dama because you would have to be known for a long, long time to rise to the rank that he is. It would, it would eliminate Ty. You couldn't right. sneak someone in to be the commander of a battle star, you know, in like 10 years. If Gaeta came on the same time that Sharon came on, which was like three years before. Well, yeah, the young you know, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the kiddies, yeah. And of course, it can't be Lee because hopefully uh, the Admiral saw his son being born, so. But just right. because he saw his son being born doesn't mean he could have been cloned and replaced. I mean, if, they're, if they have memories... <laughs> clones, as, I mean, clones, the, clones. the Sharon, she has memories of the Academy and of her parents and them dying and all stuff, but it didn't actually happen. There are memories that were embedded in her. So with that said, anybody really could be a Cylon, Adama, Ty, anybody could be one. They were just cloned at some certain point. The memories were taken out, stuck into the new one. They're over there in a box, they're the shell, and now you have the Cylon who's roaming around with the you know, implanted memories. But I mean, then if, that would still mean that at some point you would have, if they were to replace Lee, it would have to be fairly young. And then you're saying the Cylons went from all metal to sentient skin jobs in like a very small amount of time. I'm always confused about that in the credits, actually, because they says they were created and then they evolved. But I can't imagine that the bullet heads... How the hell did the bullet heads make the skin jobs? They couldn't possibly. They're, they're just drones. They know nothing. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. So uh, I'm very confused about the whole evolve thing. Yeah, the timeline they always state, that's not evolving. That's metamorphosis. Yeah. Evolving yes, it, is like from going to, centuries. Yes. 
It's not like cutting your hair and just coming in a different person over the weekend. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesse also writes, Also, the only ship with a bar on it was Cloud Nine, and it was destroyed, giving the entire fleet no real place for recreational activities. Now, I know for a fact that some of the other ships had bars. Yeah, the prison ship. Bars all over that thing. But no, also, there was a ship I'm, I'm, in the Black Market episode <laughs> called the Prometheus. Bars all over the thing. That had a bar on it. So there were other bars, but admittedly, like, not the colonial soldiers and, you the know, Galacticus people imagine, weren't imagine going a, over there. a bar in a, in a resort town. Cloud Nine is a resort town. Imagine a bar, the only bar in a resort town, being destroyed by uh, thugs and a bomb and whatever. You're telling me that the people in the resort town aren't going to rebuild the bar? Well, Whatever. When, it, when it was destroyed, though, it was when they were at the planet. So the emphasis on rebuilding a bar in a ship would not have been as high since they thought they were going to be on a planet for a long time. True. Yeah, but... It was the military that built the bar because... Actually, now, as I think of it, this is actually even a different kind of flaw. I mean, I'm somewhat of a military geek. Whenever one someone does a documentary on the big aircraft carriers the United States has, they always refer to them as the floating city with everything you would ever need. Movie theaters, bars, you know, all sorts of stuff. Right. And I've got to think that, you know, the battle stars are the aircraft carriers of that civilization. So it would already have all that stuff on it, though it might have been stripped out. Yeah. Unless, but if you're going to preserve it as a museum, you want to show everything. So it should have been on there in the first place. Every museum has a place for you to get some snacks. <laughs> I'm just saying that the Galactica itself should have like entertainment areas. It should yeah, have It probably everything. has a movie theater. It should have a place for them to play their games. Yeah. Their sports. It, it, it should have already been there. And you know what they charge for a hot dog at the Smithsonian? It's like eight bucks. I don't know. I haven't been there in years. The Smithsonian is not Dude, an aircraft carrier. <laughs> that was last episode. The, the military on aircraft carriers, they don't have to buy their breakfast. But he's saying when the Galactica was going to be turned into a museum, right. they would have charged out the butt. What do they charge for, for seaweed-based alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be potent stuff. Ew. It's like black ouzo. Slime shine. Yeah. Just one more thing about Cloud9. For me, the, the reason that they had Cloud9, there was a bar on Cloud9, is because from a production standpoint, it was the easiest set in the world. It was just, in reality, a university in Canada where they went to film. And how easy is that? A lot of what we see in terms of less and less locations is it's, it's budgetary. They can't make a lot of sets. You can't really fault them for trying to save money. Well, you can't. But in a perfect world, I would love to see some new locales, especially within the fleet. I always feel like we're very constrained to Galactica. It used to be in the first and second seasons. We saw a little bit of Colonial One, but I mean, there's not much to see, but at least we were there a little bit more. Where nowadays, Rosalind always seems like she's sitting there in CIC all the time. I would just like to see new locations. And actually, one thing I would like to see, which I think might help things seem fresh, is I'd like to see a new ship. I would like to see something new. Like last season, we got the Heavy Raider. That was like our first new ship we had seen. We haven't seen anything new in a long time. Like when Star Wars came out, like for three years, the, us kids, we would be drawing X-Wings and TIE Fighters and all. And when Empire came out, we're like, oh my gosh, there's like snow speeders and there's a TIE bomber. We had all these new things to just absorb. We haven't seen anything new in a long time. I'd love just in the geek in me and the, I just love to And they don't really have to be, uh, I don't think they have to be new ships from some sort of alien race. 
the Galactica fleet has numerous ships. They could just have a new story concentrated on a new ship. And I think that would solve it right there. I mean, you wouldn't have to change the storyline. You wouldn't have to do anything. You could just do your same thing just on a new ship. Because, I mean, they show the, the big scene where they all they jump out. There's lots of them. And I, so, yeah, I mean, it'd be fun. I agree with you. The thing about Roslyn on the CIC, I mean, yeah, it, it's probably more for budgetary reasons. But really, I think if you want to look at, like, if you want to be geeky and deep about it, I could actually attach some symbolism to it that they've spent a couple years trying to establish society again. But after the whole cluster with the planet and everything, it's almost a realization by Roslyn that, you know what, the military is in charge of this and will be for a long time. This is not a civil government running the military. This is the military protecting what's left, and the civil government's kind of almost... It's like the Queen of England. Yeah. I mean, not maybe not that bad, but the civil government really does not have the power because they tried to give the civil government the power, and look what happened. They're just not in position for that anymore. I can see this as being like Rosalind kind of saying, yeah, you guys are in charge. Just, you know, I'll try to keep peace within the fleet, but when it comes to dealing with everything overall, I'm going to have to defer to the military for a while. Speaking of Rosalind on the Galactica, did you take anything out of that scene towards the end of the last no. episode where she was just sitting there? Oh, they're doing it. <laughs> very no. relaxed in the Dama's quarters. Did you? I see an unwanted by many visual romance between Adama and the president. I see it coming. They're going to do it. I mean, it's inevitable, right? I know people don't want to see it and it's a cliche and it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think if you're cooped up in a big can, <laughs> Boy's got to have some release, man. I mean, really. He never went to the planet. He was in that ship the whole entire time. He's a man. If they handle it as well as they've done the whole Starbuck Apollo subplot, oh boy. Can't wait for it. I I don't think it'll be that dramatic. I think it's going to continue on and then there'll be a romance or whatever, but I don't think it's going to be a drama mama because it's not like they're married to anybody else. They They don't have any strings attached. They're just too... Older people who are lonely. As long as we don't have to have long, drawn-out episodes about it. I don't think so. Thank you. (laughs) Now we've got some email from Brian. Regarding the final five, he writes, and he's talking about Deanna here, what if she's looking into the faces of the old gods? That would explain the I'm sorry, I didn't know line, like a Christian finding out that Zeus is still in charge. I really enjoyed that comment, just because that would make a lot of sense. You know, you go back and you realize, oh, crap, we were completely wrong. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about that. But, yeah, that that's a fantastic comment. If they were created by man and they had an, and the man had to create the intelligence, the intelligence they would have given them would have jived along the lines of their beliefs. So maybe the involvement was kind of like, no, this can't be right because we're better than them. But now she goes back and she's like, whoa, the gods exist. And we were wrong. No, that's He goes on, whoever they are must be very different from the other Cylons. I'm starting to believe that they weren't with the fleet, but actually went with the 13th colony. It would seem like a logical explanation for their presence in the temple. But question, do Cylons have any concept of the devil? Now, my first thought was, it would be a real kick if the Cylon god was the devil. Because, hey, one of the original Cylons from the original series was named Lucifer. And it's always been a sci-fi horror staple where people are led along believing they're doing something for good when it turns out the evil entity has been guiding them, needing moral assistance to break free. What do you think? That was a couple episodes of Doctor Who in there. <laughs> yes. My first thing is his comment about the, the Cylons going with the 13th Colony. That was so long ago. Yeah. There's no way yeah, the they could The 13th Colony has no idea what Cylons are. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was thousands of years ago. Aha. So he almost anticipates this. <laughs> it's weird how this is working out. That 4,000-year mark is never set right with me, he writes. Can you imagine what kind of ships the 13th colony would have had to travel in? A sleeper ship or generational ship without an FTL drive. At the rate the fleet is jumping, they could pass the 13th still on the way to Earth, but that would bring up another paradox. And how did the 13th know what the stars would look like if you were standing on Earth? They haven't been there yet. I can only think of one way to explain this without delving into, quote, visions. The order of the exodus seems to have been reversed. If the 13th remained behind as the 12 colonies left Earth for the stars, the original 12 colonies would be able to leave the roadmap because they had already been on Earth. This also would allow for the final five to be in the temple if they had traveled with the 12 colonies. They would be the original biological Cylons, the ones that created the mechanical Cylons in the first place. Somebody really thought about this. That's I like that. Let me see. What was my first I, we got to start conferencing this guy in. Oh, my God. Yeah. I like that. That was awesome. Damn. We need more copies of this sheet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had a comment about the, the, the ship. The ship question goes back to my theory that has to do also with Stargate. What if they were advanced civilization just like the ancients in Stargate? So much more advanced than our current society. And then they evolved, went off, did their thing, ascended, and then came back. And we had de-evolved, starting from scratch Mm -hmm. and slowly evolving again. So that's my theory on that one. I will say, though, upon reading this, I like the idea. But the, the point about how would they know what the stars looked like on Earth... I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure astronomers have reached the point where they could kind of create maps of what the universe will look like from other points in the universe. But they use computers to point. figure that out. And, okay, okay. And ancient mean. civilizations that can go into space on Earth oh, okay. were pretty right, freaking good. You know, we're pretty freaking okay. good astronomers. This is I true. Mean, astronomy is a it's a it's a mathematically based science. This is true. You can cre- you can figure these things out if you have much more brains than I do. <laughs> So I don't, I mean, I like the idea, but I don't like that point. I think what I'd like to see, whether they, the arrow of migration is going from Earth or to Earth, is as the fleet, the ragtag fleet, comes along this path that's leading them to Earth, is more temple-like things, whether it be a space station or maybe like a, a subset of the 13th tribe that decided, eh, I don't want to go along for the ride anymore, I'm staying here. And maybe that's where a new ship could come in, like there'd just be something That would be new. interesting if they came across a, another civilization. The 14th colony. <laughs> well, it's just the, 13B. What is it? The Roanoke <laughs> colony. Is that the one that... The Lost Colony. The Lost Colony. And Mania. In um, Virginia. Yeah. That would be interesting. And here is one well, more... Just real quick. I think it would be hysterical if they passed them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I, they're like a little rowboat. Like they're in a space rowboat. They just, just rock it right past them. Like a, they would yeah. shake like a huge speedboat going yeah. back, back past the canoe. Yeah. Uh, they're floating. They got some sign. Uh, can you spare some fuel? <laughs> okay, now here he has one more comment which relates to something that's coming up regarding the Baltar trial. Is anyone else stuck on the scene in the hallway when Baltar identifies the picture of his assistant? This cannot be possibly a throwaway. Could Baltar actually be innocent? of giving away the codes to the defense mainframe. Listen, why else would you identify another person with the means and the opportunity to do the dirty deed? The only thing missing to this point is motive. What could the assistant have gained? Well, we never saw what Six was doing when she wasn't with Baltar. I have no doubt that she had contact with anyone that could get her what she wanted. 
If a man with the ego the size of Balthor's could be turned into her lapdog, what would a married lab assistant with a child do for a chance to run away with the boss's nymphomaniac girlfriend? So what this boils down to is she obviously got into the office. Who's to say the Balthor wasn't the only target? If he was like the linchpin that had, was the key to everything, it was, there's probably other people that might have been involved and maybe he was a guy, but he was not every guy. So his final statement is it would be a good line for head six during the trial to say, you don't think you're the first, do you? Yeah. And that might be how he gets off. But still, she did say when she was explaining the whole thing to him in the miniseries, he was the one that gave her the access to the programming inside the mainframe. So she was able to actually Without get Without knowing it. it, really. But maybe this assistant or some other person did it completely with compliance and knowledge. So wait a minute. What did he say when he was looking at the picture of his assistant? I don't remember. He saw the picture and he said, that was my assistant. I was the godfather to his child. Yeah, something like that. Something along those lines. It was someone in his lab that he worked with. And it did seem at the time like a a little bit of a throwaway line just to connect him to, you know, someone in the past. But it was someone in the lab. It wasn't just some guy. It's a thread that's hanging out there and it's really small, but it could be something that later they grab onto. I'm sorry. They all know Baltar at this point. He's a quick thinker, self-preservationist. Yeah. He could certainly come up with that story. The odds of him looking at that wall and, and finding that guy right there while yeah. he's just totally panicking. No. Totally a story. We do know what Six was doing when she wasn't with Baltar. She was snapping kids' necks. She was just going around, <laughs> having fun, killing little kids. But nah, nah. I, 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 I think it was a scene that showed just how far he's willing to go for his own self-preservation. Yeah, we've seen it. We've seen it as an audience. This so you, was are you really saying hammered that, it into I, the human? I, are you saying that, that the person he identified on the wall wasn't anyone he knew at all? Yeah, doubt it. He didn't I, get his name. I agree with that. He, if it had been his assistant, he would have yelled, "This is my assistant, Bob." He would have thrown the name out. You yell out the names of people. I'm not going to run in and say. This is my assistant editor. I'm going to say this is, you know, her name. Mm. She worked for me. No, I agree with you. I think it was, he was just trying to... Totally throw on off. Yeah. I don't think so. I think... Because I think someone it, who survived put that up there. It's an easy find. Yeah, I don't think Baltar put it up there. No, he didn't put it up there, but, but there's, there's I thought no it was way really coincidental that, that he could have been being well, flying by and saw it. Is it believable that he did at all identify the person in that little split second of time? No, but I don't think that uh, he was making it up at the time. I just think he was, you know, I accept that it was a ridiculous coincidence that he saw it, but I don't accept that he made it up. I accept that he made it up, and I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out. But plus, if he try, okay, say that goes to trial and he tries to bring that up, then you take that picture, you distribute copies through the fleet. Granted, the person that put it up may have died, but you've got a shot at finding out who put it up. And you bring them in the thing and say, who is this guy? Oh, you know, that's my brother, Myron. Where did he work? He was a janitor at PS103. Granted, the person that said that could be a Cylon, we don't know, but you never know. (laughs) God, so many twists and turns. So that wraps up our email, I guess. I didn't get responses on the question I had asked last time, which was, has anyone been to a con that involved any Battlestar guests or speakers? So I'm throwing that out again. So if you've been to a sci-fi con or... My question, has anybody seen any good pictures of Six lately? <laughs> <laughs> I, still I have. I haven't. I haven't seen it yet. But I recommend everybody go to the website and go to the forums and start chatting with us. We have yes. a website? 
<laughs> we do. That's I an inside, redid it. That's an inside joke. <laughs> okay, so our email again is gquorum at gmail.com, G-Q-U-O-R-U-M, and voicemails 206-2020-BSG. And again, website is galacticacorum.com. Send us feedback. Send us questions. You can email us or just you can send an email with an MP3 if you want to send an audio question if you want. So until next time, bye-bye. Bye. So say we all. And what do you know? Just it's as we're beginning. Can <laughs> I just say, I deal with entirely too many people in my job who take 10 minutes to say things that could be said in like two or three. Just like our podcast. It's like... <laughs>